Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this week's episode of the Believe in Miami Heat podcast. I'm your host, Sean Rochester, and with me as always, fresh off another championship, the champ, Norris Cole. The champ is here, ladies and gentlemen. Another one. (laughs) (laughs) You stole my joke, man. I had that ready to go. We were going to queue up that... uh... All right. So before we talk about your championship last week, another one in your uh, trophy case, let's talk about our sponsors bet online. This month of July is heating up with tons of exciting action, NBA finals, major league baseball, all kinds of stuff going on. Visit the website today. Use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. So, Norris, as we start, the only thing we could start with is your tenth, I believe, tenth championship as a pro. No, sixth as a pro. Sixth as a pro. So, yeah. tell us about that championship. Yeah, so we won the the French um, the the GB League French Pro A Championship, which is the big championship in France after a long season. You know, to be able to come out with the championship, it made it, the season worth it. Because, you know, when you have a long season, we've been gone. I think training camp started in August for us, and we just ended last week. So that was an 11-month season, you know, due to COVID and postponed games that we had to make up and all of those things. So it was a marathon for sure, but we endured. We was able to win a championship. I had, a, you know, a dominant performance in the championship game. You know, so it was it was good to be able to come home with the, with the goal. You know, and you kind of hinted towards this. No championship is easy. How does this compare? I mean, you you were an NBA champion, which is a huge challenge. But like you said, the the circumstances of playing in a COVID season, how does that stack up with these other championships you've had? It was definitely this was definitely the most challenging challenging season out of, out of my career. I, this was my tenth season as a pro. Um, I think my third overseas, and um, this was definitely the toughest season as a pro I've ever had. You know, with all the the travel and the COVID tests, the restrictions, you know, not being able to have any family come over for the full year, you know, because of, you know, the travel ban and all of that. It was it was tough. It was a tough season. But, you know, it makes it all worth it when you, you know, when you get that's what you play for. You know, you, you play to you play to win the championship. At least that's what I play for. And so we were able to do that. And so, you know, we won it. And when we won it, we celebrated with the team and the next day. Coming back home to the family. And so what's that transition like for you? I mean, having been, you said since August? Yes. What do you, I know we talked about this in a previous episode, but coming back to the States for the first time since August, a lot has changed, um, you know, in in the world in America with COVID and everything. So what have you kind of observed since you've been back? Well, this is, well, it's open now in in France that that last month things opened up, but, you know, things are almost almost like back to quote unquote normal again, it seems like, um, you know, some places, you know, there's no mass mandates, no curfews or anything. It's like, we're getting back to normal. So from that aspect, it's kind of, it's kind of cool actually, you know, to try to get back to normal. Um, obviously you still want to be safe and all that, but just to be able to be back at home, sleep in my own bed, you know, drive my own cars, you know, that's for me that the little stuff like that is what I miss to be able to be, just be in my own environment. And now as you come back, I'm sure there's a break coming off that long season. And then how right. do you transition into your, your off season? So normally I take, you know, 
normally I take a couple of weeks off, which I'm gonna do the same thing. I'll probably take this is this is about to be my second week. I'll probably take you know the rest of this week off, and then after that, I'm back to training. You know, I'm back to training. Obviously, you don't jump right back into 100, but you know, get your body back going, get back in the gym, get back in the weight room, get out there on the track, start you know, start running, you know, getting your body in motion, and then you know, after after one or two weeks. My, you know, it's back to full fledged, you know, and that's for me taking short break, a short break and then working out all summer is how I'm able to stay durable. I don't believe in taking the whole month off or, you know, a month and a half off. You know, I don't believe in doing that. I like to keep my body in shape as a lifestyle and as an athlete. And I think that's how I'm able to sustain and be durable, you know, for whole seasons. Definitely. And so with your your plans, I mean, obviously, we've talked about this before. You, you would love to be back in the NBA. You're available. You're ready. You know, you think you you uh, you have that ability to go out there and, and compete and play on a good team. What does that look like for you? You know, as your you know the NBA calendar, we're getting into the NBA finals. So in a couple of weeks, you're going to be into the off season, and so mm-hmm. you certainly want to be ready if that opportunity presents itself in that window of, you know, it's a little later this year, the, the summertime where we have different openings and then obviously getting into training camp in the fall. What does your timeline look like with, with obviously that being an option, but also then as you look into the next season, if you were to go back over to, to France or wherever? Well, that's something me and my team are talking about. Me and, my, you know, my agent, my trainers, my family, that's something we'll discuss if, you know, if I have to choose and make a decision. Um, but we're going to take the best opportunity you know, obviously, obviously, you know, if my family gave me the okay and they okay with it, you know, whatever decision is, then that's what I'll go with. You know, I never just make a decision just on my own. You know, I, I've learned better than to do that, you know, over the years. So, you know, I, I, I look at my options, you know, I talk to my trainer, my agent, and like I said, I talk to my family and we'll see what's on the table and make the best decision from there. Obviously, like I said, I would like to be back in the NBA, but you know, I've embraced the European culture as well. And so I can, you know, I can play anywhere on the continent. You know, and that's, that's the thing that I'm most, you know, happy about in my career is that I know how to play any style. I can play the NBA style. I can play European, Chinese. I can play any style of basketball. And so I know that I'm a pro in any country I go to. And so wherever I go, I know I'll be successful and I'm going to help my team to win. Yeah. And that mentality is awesome because, I'm sure you understand and hopefully people understand that there's people all over the world that would, you know, kill for the opportunity to go play, not just in the NBA, but to go play overseas because that opportunity right. isn't there for everybody. It's not just, you know, whoever wants to sign up on, you know, fill out a Google form or something and we'll send you over. I mean, you have to be able to be an elite athlete, an elite basketball player to have that opportunity to play at the level you are. Um, and you know, it's a blessing, you know, to continue Absolutely. to have this opportunity to be a professional player, uh, even if it is outside the NBA. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You gotta live in real life. That's what I always say. You gotta live in real life. Don't don't live in this pretend life and think that all, oh, you know, if it's not the NBA, it's not real basketball. No, no, no. It's a lot of people that are well taken care of, and their families are well taken care of, and they you know play in other places. And so, and that's something my my father always remind me. Like we live in real life, <laughs> you know, and, and that's how that's how I'm able to you know when I if I have to go. You know, I go over there, you know, put my hard hat on and I go to work, you know. Definitely. So let's transition and talk. Uh, we didn't have a show last week. Norris was traveling back to the States and things were just busy in both of our lives. So we're kind of playing yep. catch up on the conference finals. So let's look back first at the Bucks and the Hawks series. Um, both these series ended 4-2. Uh, 
Um, mm-hmm. There were a lot of things that happened since we last recorded. So let's just jump into Bucks Hawks. What did you see in that series? Obviously, the Bucks were able to come out of it for two winners. There were some injuries and and things that happened. So yeah. what what were your observations there? Well, once Trey once Trey got hurt, I knew it was going to be hard for Atlanta to win because he's the driving engine for everything. So when he got hurt, I knew I knew that you know the Hawks probably wasn't going to win. You know, when Giannis getting hurt, they still had you know two other guys that could lead the offense. You know, Chris Middleton is a you know an elite offensive player, all star in this league, and Drew Holiday is elite in this league. And so and he's used to being a go-to guy, you know, on, on other teams. So, you know, when Giannis went down, I knew the Bucks could still, you know, play well. Because actually, I don't want to say they play better, but they play a, a little bit of a different style where Giannis is not out there. The court is a little bit more open, you know, so the, the ability to score off the bounce and things like that is a little bit, you know, better, for, I believe, for Chris Middleton sometimes when Giannis is not on the court. Um, so I, I knew that I knew the Bucks were going to take care of business once Trey was hurt because you can't replace what do you have twenty eight and ten or something like that. You can't replace that. You know, and you've talked before about second unit guys being ready to step in when their opportunities there. And Bobby Portis stepped Ooh. up and stepped Ooh. in. I mean, huge. Um, yes, he did. And and shows you how good these guys are. Brooke Lopez, he obviously starts, but he stepped up in that last game and just dominated. I mean, I think he had thirty something points. I mean, so. Yeah. It's he was dunking like he order out there. Yeah, he, it was like a flashback to when he, in Brooklyn when he used to dominate like that. So, yeah. um, you know, and and let's flip over to the west side of uh, the Western Conference. So the Suns and the Clippers. Um, we we talked about this. This is the series where we were split, and uh, I took the Suns. You took the Clippers. However, after we were since we recorded last, Kawhi got hurt, and Jesus. that changes everything. Thanks. So. That changes a lot. Yeah. What did you see in that series as it uh, finished up 4-2 for Phoenix? Too much Chris Paul, too much Devin Booker, too much DeAndre Ayton. But I also saw their second unit. Phoenix Suns, you know, bench. Like I keep saying, you got to have depth. And, you know, Coach Monty Williams, you know, he has those guys ready to play. Um, The Clippers, I believe, had their chances. But, you know, without Kawhi, you know, PG had to be extra, extra special. Obviously, he wasn't able to do that, but he he had a you know he put forth a good effort. You know, one man can't one man can't be the whole team, but you know he in order for them to win without Kawhi, PG would have had to put up like LeBron, you know, KD type numbers, and obviously that didn't happen. And so, you know, they just didn't have enough. They didn't have enough firepower to compete with you know Phoenix Suns. Phoenix, we always people who've won a championship, they always say you have to be good. But you also have to be lucky and healthy. And Phoenix has been a byproduct of they're good, but they're also lucky and healthy. And, you know, that's every championship team, they'll tell you health matters, a little bit of luck matters. And Phoenix has been fortunate enough to have both. And on top of that, they're pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say the narrative really behind both teams in certain areas is pointing at the path that they've had. And they can't control that. You, you play nope. who's in front of you. Whoever had that seed, you play the next round and the next round. You know, and, and Phoenix obviously benefited from AD being hurt. Uh, they were down 2-1 in that series. AD doesn't play more than like 20-something minutes the rest of the series. And they could have been out in the first round. The Lakers were obviously very, very good, the defending champs. The next right. round, you get Denver without Jamal Murray. Then you get uh, the Clippers with – Yep. 
And then you get uh, the Clippers without Kawhi, you know, and and on the other side, the Bucks, um, you know, the the Heat weren't banged up, but kind of all year, never really got good footing. Then you get the Nets without Kawhi and without um, James Harden, or at least on one leg. Yep. So, but at the same time, you know, and then the, the Hawks without Trey and DeAndre Hunter, but they're two very good teams. You know, I hate the discussion of let's put an asterisk on this because, oh, there was an injury. Like, think of how many times over the course of NBA history, there's always injuries. And, always. you know, there's been a lot of soft tissue stuff and things this year because I think the short offseason and all the adversity of these guys faced. But I hate to take away from what these two teams have accomplished. And whichever one of them wins, they're the champ. Don't take anything away from them. There's not going to be a mark on the trophy. Right. I, you agree with that? I agree. There's no, there's no asterisk. There are a lot of injuries, but I mean, injuries are part of the game. It sucks, especially with a short turnaround. You know, it's, you know, when you got out there, you know, that's the risk when you play. Um, you hope it doesn't happen, but these players have endured. Endurance matters. It's not just about playing a game, but what about the guys who endured? You know, you, you can't penalize the guys that was able to play and, and not get injured or the guys that are able to play through injuries, you know, this is a test of the fittest. And so these guys has performed well too. Chris Paul is out there dominating in the fourth quarters of the game. Devin Booker is out there, you know, DeAndre Ayton, they, they're not just playing against the second tier. They out there putting up numbers. Like they, they're playing well. Same with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. He had 18 like consecutive points or something like that against the Hawks. Like, no matter if you hurt or not, that's that's work. He out there putting in works. And so, you know, I, I yeah, a lot of guys are hurt, but this is a true champion because it takes endurance. It takes luck. It takes health. It takes being good. It takes endurance. And these teams have done all of those things. You know, and that doesn't count the fact that they played games without Chris Paul. They played games without Giannis. So they had to overcome injuries themselves. Exactly. And I agree with you. They've been, inju- they've been injury-free for most of the ride. But at the same time, those are two of the best 10 to 20, 25 players in the league. You're missing them for a short amount of time. That, that can derail you. But they didn't Absolutely. allow that because guys stepped up. Yes, sir. Great endurance on their behalf. And the coaches, too. The coaches kept them ready. All right. So let's dig right into the finals. So we have the Bucks against the Suns. Uh, as we record this Tuesday, it is before game one. So by the time you hear this, we will have a result out of game one. But let's break down the series. Um, you know, with this team, uh, the Bucks. you know, they are dominant length, size. They dominate in the paint. And the Suns, not so much inside, although Aiton has played very well. He's shooting, I think, the highest field goal percentage in NBA playoff history. But they mm-hmm. really dominate the mid-range and also from the three-point arc. So what do you see in the, in the contrasting styles, and what do you think is going to happen in this series? I'm torn on this series. I can't, I can't gauge it because – I think the series is going to be determined, like, if Giannis plays or not. When I say determined, I mean, like, the style. Like, the way Milwaukee is going to play without Giannis will be different than if he does play. But either way, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. I know a lot of people think the Suns are going, you know, run away with it. But I I believe it's going to be a a competitive series. It's going to go at least six games. Um, I can't pick a winner yet. If I had to, you know, Phoenix is healthier. So I would probably pick them, but I don't know because the way Chris Middleton played last game, I know him and Drew, you know, the way they played last last game, man, I was like, man, if they can play like that, they can compete and beat anybody. But we got to see, can they do that for seven games? I know, I know see, you know, I know, well, I, we, we don't know, but 
so far, CP and Devin Booker have proven that they could keep that level of play for every game. And so it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to come down to the bench. Whoever bench plays better is going to, going to win. Yeah. And what do you think about the, the style of defense with the Bucs? We've talked a lot about the drop defense. And when Brooke Lopez is out there, they have to drop. The Suns are the number one team in the NBA in mid-range attempts and field goal percentage. So if you mm-hmm. get in that drop, you know, for those of you that don't understand that, there's going to be that space for CP3. He's going to be a, a wizard, right, on ball ball screens. And Devin Booker yep. and all these other guys, uh, you know, in, in Milwaukee doesn't like to adjust. Bud doesn't like to adjust very much. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that's something, you know, when we go back to talking about the Heat Bucks, we thought that the mid-range would be something the Heat would have an advantage of. And it didn't come to fruition. Now this seems like the team that can really take advantage of that. Well, Chris Paul is like the number one mid-range shooter, like in the NBA, and Devin Booker is, is probably not too far behind them. So if they're willing to give that up, you know, then hey, uh, we gonna see. You know what they say: styles make fights, and so it's contrasting styles. You know, they, the Bucks are gonna shoot a lot of threes. They like to play at a fast pace tempo. You know, Phoenix, you know, they don't play as fast. They get to the mid-range and they get three. So we'll see what happens. It's definitely going to be interesting with that dynamic. Their strength on offense, Phoenix Suns' strength, is what the Bucks want you to do. So that's going to be – that's going to make an interesting finals. And you also mentioned the the pace. And Chris Paul, you know, you know as a point guard, you control the pace. And he does a great job of making it more of a half-court game. They can run. Phoenix will push. But mm-hmm. Milwaukee wants to push. And you saw that a lot with um, the Atlanta series. When those threes were make, going in, they couldn't run. You can't, it's hard to run when you're taking the ball out of the basket. But when yes, those threes is. were missing, those long rebounds, and it just got them off to the races, especially when Giannis is out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think the way Chris Paul is going to control the tempo, I believe is going to be very difficult to run on them. Because even if they miss, the the floor is going to always be balanced to where they can get back. You know, they don't just come down and just hoist, you know, threes, because that's how you get an imbalanced court. That's how teams run out on you. Uh, I think I, I, I think really Chris Paul is going to have his hands full, though, because – and Devin Booker with Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker. You know, those guys are elite defenders, and how they defend those two guys are going to, going to tell a lot in this series. If P.J. Tucker and Drew can – contain because you can't stop you know a guy like Chris Paul or Devin Booker but if they can contain and make them inefficient then the Bucks have a chance but if they can't make those guys inefficient I don't see I don't see how they can win because D book can go for 40 you know Chris Paul you know you know we know what he can do he can go for you know 25 30 10 assists and no turnovers like and when they play like that DeAndre Ayton is normally dominating at the basket so it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. And Chris Middleton, too, is a great on-ball defender. And if you had if you had Giannis on the backside, he can erase basically any mistakes. So, like you said, Drew, Chris, um, P.J. Tucker. Then you have the length of Giannis who can fly around and take away things. You have Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis back there. They're such a good defensive team, but that piece of Giannis, it just makes them not good but great defensively. Um, Absolutely. Because he can make up for a lot of mistakes. His athleticism, you know, he can make up for a lot of mistakes you make. All right. So if I have to pin you to a prediction, I know you said you don't want to do it, but for the people, the loyal listeners, 
<laughs> to the people that want to go to bet online and place their wagers from the champ. Who do we have in how many games? For for first game for the first game, I can I can always change my pick. So going into it right now, I would say the Suns and six. That's what I'm gonna say right now. You know, because I I just believe that they're 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 healthier. You know, they're they're fresher, and it's just like the timing of it. You know, they have great timing right now. Yeah, and I I'll be, I agree I'll be with watching. You. I'll be watching though. I'll be watching closely. Yeah, and I as a fan, I just want a long series, six or seven mm-hmm. games, competitive games. I hope Giannis is healthy. I hope the Suns win, but at the same time, I would be okay with the Bucks winning. Um, I think they're both good watches for basketball fans. And as long as it's competitive, you know, because unfortunately, after and you know maybe a week from now or two weeks from now, we don't have any basketball. You know, it's summer league and. It's it's gonna be that gap. So hopefully we get a long series so we can enjoy it. Right. Now I, I totally agree. And I have, you know, I have guys on both teams. You know, Drew was my teammate, great teammate in New Orleans. And then James Jones was my, you know, was my teammate. He was his locker was right next to mine when I played for the Heat. So, you know, I, I wish both teams could win, but both teams can't win. So <laughs> All right. So as we close up next week, we will focus uh, a little bit more on the heat today. We want to focus a little bit more on the NBA finals and talk about Norris's championship. So look for next week's episode, talking a little bit more about the Miami heat, the off season, we'll be getting closer to the draft, uh, the mm-hmm. opening of free agency. So all those things that are very exciting about the summertime. Uh, but before we close up, if you enjoy our podcast, which is presented by bet online, Please like or subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or Google Podcasts. It's quick and easy. You can rate and review us. Hit those five stars for the champ and myself. We're working hard to bring you great heat content and definitely appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in. And Norris, please close us out. Heat Nation, another episode. Believe in the Miami Heat. We'll see you guys next week. And we out! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.